At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSEN, the sports betting network. We keep it rolling here on the nightcap alongside Super Bowl champion Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Summer conditioning last week. It was the NFC East. And yesterday we started the NFC North. We started with the Minnesota Vikings. And now we pivot to the Windy City, the Chicago Bears. And we bring in Kevin Powell from WGN Radio. You follow Kevin on Twitter at KPowell720. And I know... Anytime you bring up this Chicago Bears team, it's going to be Justin Fields. But I want to start with the the new head coach. How, and I know we haven't gotten to training camp yet and, and all of that, but Matt Eberflus comes over. What has been just the indoctrination, the, the warm and fuzzy feel there in Chicago about the new head man? Yeah, I mean, everybody's, uh, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I would say that um, at this point where Chicago Bears fans are at, you know, um, cautiously optimistic with any new coaching staff that comes to Chicago. We've been through it quite a bit here. Um, you know, he's very much as most coaches are and Sean, I'm sure, you know, he's, he's very much a football guy and he likes to talk in, in, in coach speak. Um, we'll see defensive minded coach, you know, when the bears are playing well, it's typically because they have a strong defense that's in the DNA of the Chicago bears, which I know is a bit cliche, but he does have a defensive background. I think what I've liked so far hearing from this coaching staff as a whole is they talk a lot on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's Luke Getze and the offensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams, it's putting players in positions to succeed. And, and a lot of this has been obviously the evaluation period for a new coaching staff, whether it was through minicamp um, and some off season workouts and things like that, but they want to get, get a good feel for where this team is at and again, like, you know, it's coach speak, but they do need to get tougher as a team, guys. The, the past couple of years, they've lacked that, you know, nastiness and, and they talk about it a lot. So um, I think right now they're they're The coaching staff is coming in to Chicago, very open minded. I think they're trying out a lot of different things. We saw a lot of players being rotated um, with first team, second team reps, different looks, especially on the offensive line. Um 
So it's a feel-out process, but, you know, Matt Eberflus does bring that defensive background, and I do like what I've heard so far when the coaches talk about putting players in positions to succeed and, and not to dwell on the past coaching staff, but I, I think it was far too often, especially on the offensive side of the ball, not doing what they – could have done to help their players with certain skill sets and things like that. So those are a few takeaways for me. I know we've got a long way to go, fellas, but um, those are some takeaways for me so far from this coaching staff. I actually like the coaching staff. I think they have a chance, if given patience, to actually develop into a pretty good unit. My question, and this is strictly from a the Bears sit at six and a half wins is their projection mm-hmm. from the, in the futures market. Is there enough talent? even if the coaching staff gets it all right, are there enough pieces? I mean, of course, Robert Quinn is a stud. But when you look at the offense, I mean, David Montgomery's a good running back. Nobody thinks he's top 10. Darnell Mooney's probably your best wide receiver. He's still got a lot to prove in this league. Are there even enough pieces on offense for the Bears to win seven games? Well, I think it just depends on how much you believe in, in Justin Fields. And look, I'm super high on fields. I think if if everything goes well and they have pieces around him and the scheme they put in place fits his style of play and really Justin Fields style of play. And look, I know it's a small sample size of what we saw last year, but it was, it was a very bad offense and some of the play calling was questionable. So look with a new scheme and with Justin Fields entering the season, knowing he's the number one quarterback. I think last time I talked to you guys, we didn't even know who the week one quarterback would be. And there was so much question about should Justin Fields be the week one starter. He's the clear cut week one starter. I think that'll help him this off season. So to answer your question though, like I, they haven't done much at all guys. And when, in terms of free agency and adding pieces, Allen Robinson, no longer here on the offensive side of the ball. I'm a big fan of Darnell Mooney. He's clearly their number one receiver. No disrespect to Darnell Mooney. It's nothing against his skill set, but his size isn't exactly what you're looking for in a number one receiver. So if they want to get to that seven win mark, eight win mark, I think you have to see Justin Fields take a big step forward. It is only year two. I think David Montgomery, I think they're going to lean on him quite a bit this year. I thought far too often the, the, the previous regime coaching staff got away from David Montgomery. And if you watched him play, he fights for every inch and fans have come to love that style of running from David Montgomery. You got to see Cole Komet, the tight end, have a big season. You know, this is all the optimistic views here of what could get them to that seven win mark. Justin Fields takes a big step. The offensive scheme is competent. Darnell Mooney does Darnell Mooney things. Cole Komet has a bigger role in the offense. All that being said, though, guys, there's still a ton of question marks on this offensive line. I, I am very worried about what they have in terms of the depth chart. I mean, you're looking at a rookie starter potentially at left tackle. There's some questions about they don't even know who their two starting tackles are right now. And, yes, we still have training camp to go. Um, they can get to seven wins. Things have to go right, and they have to take a big step forward offensively. Um, but I, I think the offensive line, to me, is still a serious concern, although you, you can't get much worse than the play calling from the, the previous offensive coaching staff. So can they get the seven? Yeah, I think they can, but I think that means Justin Fields plays really well and the offense, you know, is somewhat competent. Well, and they bring in Luke Getze, as you mentioned, to be their offensive coordinator. He comes from Green Bay as we're talking with Kevin Powell from WGN Radio in Chicago. You know, for a second-year quarterback, and, and Sean's talked about this, uh, another coach comes in, another scheme, uh, but there's no doubt he is the guy, as you alluded to, um, that relationship, you know, coming in from a situation where he, you know, got the chance to be not for that long, but for three yeah. seasons was Aaron Rodgers, 
you know, quarterback coach, how do you see the Getsy Fields relationship? And, and, you know, for this Bears team, is Getsy going to have the majority of uh, the, the, the play calling situation? Like, because Eberflus is a defensive minded coach, what's the offensive defensive kind of split there uh, for Getsy? Yeah, well, you, you guys probably remember last year and really the past couple of years, so much drama surrounding the Bears coaching staff on who is calling the plays. Right. Is it Matt Nagy? Is it Bill Lazor? And there was so much. I mean, it was ridiculous. It turned into a circus. Um, so, of course, Matt Eberflus, and I was there for the introductory press conference, some of, some of the first questions was the one you just asked me, and he said he wants his coordinators to call the game. He said that. So Luke Getze will be calling the plays. Um, I think, look, I know there are some offenses that operate at a very high level in the NFL where the head coach does call some of the plays, but I think coming into it and after the past few years with the bears, it it was so refreshing to hear that just knowing like, okay, we know who is calling the plays. Alan Williams is the defensive coordinator. Luke Getze is the offensive coordinator. Let's just leave it that way. And it was nice to hear Matt Eberfuss just get that out of the way. But Justin Fields has said, and, and you guys, you know, this is the time of year. Nobody really is saying a lot of bad things, right? It's right. A, <laughs> a lot of optimism. Although, you know, Justin Fields was realistic, though. He's like, we are, you know, we're very far away from being ready week one, which Sure. If that's what you, if that's where you're at and you're the starting quarterback, sure. I'd like to hear that, you know, be honest with the team where you're at. Um, but so far, so good. I mean, Fields has said nothing but good things about Getsy and the relationship they're building so far. You know, it's interesting because uh, we have Luke Powell here. You can follow him on Twitter at KPowell720, WGN Radio in Chicago. I think Justin Fields has the talent, but I think he needs to be in a situation that has mentorship. Bad body language at times. I think he wears his emotions on his sleeve. I think he's also being asked to do almost the impossible. Take a team that does have very limited pieces around him and a below-average offensive line and turn that into a successful offense. What has Justin's leadership abilities been like, according to his teammates and those within the organization? Well, Darnell Mooney, as we talked about a, a bit, you know, he's built a strong relationship with Justin Fields. He's, you know, they've talked about jokingly this off season. It was sort of a competition between those two who can get into Hellas Hall and start working out early, the soonest and who would stay the latest. So, Obviously, that's what you want to hear about your starting quarterback. This is a guy that's you know living at the team facility, trying to take charge. Um, some of the veteran players, even like Cody Whitehair, who's been an off you know been on that offensive line for quite some time, has talked about you know Justin Fields taking a big step when it comes to commanding the huddle, things like that. Again, this is the time of year where you're going to hear a lot of good things from teammates. Um, I think to your point, Sean, like that that's what I'm saying when it comes to scheme and stuff. And I, the fact that they haven't Ryan Poles in his first offseason, I mean, he is, you know, they have really not done a whole lot in terms of adding pieces. Most of it came into the draft and, and most, most other picks were late, like five, six, seventh rounders. He wanted to change the culture they have when it comes to the roster. He wanted to create competitiveness and all of that, you know, they got a slap on the wrist. They lost an OTA because the players association says there was too much contact. And at first it was like, okay. And then you take a step back. It's like, who cares? This this team has totally lacked a toughness, um, you know, Gene, I guess is one way to put it the past couple of years they have. And Ryan Paul's like, I I've been a bit, 
I think they should have done more this offseason to help Justin Fields. I mean, there's not a whole lot on this on this roster. I don't mean to be disrespectful to guys like Cole Komet or Montgomery or Darnell Mooney, but man, like you have a lot of question marks on this roster. And and a lot of it has to do with salary cap situations and things like that. A ton of money is coming off the books after this year, and I think Ryan Poles will be very aggressive in the offseason uh, next season. Um, but I am a bit concerned in terms of like the talent, as you said, Sean, around Justin Fields. So it very much is going to be relying on scheme and being smart and not putting too much on Justin Fields, but also at the same time, understanding like that fields, in my opinion, he can pretty much do it all. I mean, he can run, he has a big arm. Some of the, the deep downfield accurate passes I saw from fields last year. And maybe it's just cause we haven't seen that at all in Chicago for such a long time. Um, it was eye opening. I mean, some of the throws that he made last year and it was such a small sample size, you know, down the field and look, we, all the great quarterbacks in the NFL throw the ball down the field accurately, all of them, all the top tier quarterbacks. So if he can continue to do that, but I think it's, it's the coaching staff understanding like their limits as an offense. All right. And, and being smart about the play calling and the situations you're putting Justin Fields in. He is Kevin Powell, sports anchor from WGN 720 in Chicago. It's the nightcap here on the. This is the Nightcap on VSIN. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Thanks to Kevin Powell from WGN Radio in Chicago as we continue our summer conditioning with the Chicago Bears. Uh, they are, nah, I don't know if they're expected to be the worst team in the NFC North, but it's, it's up for debate with the Detroit Lions feeling like they're on the uptick. All right, coming into this evening, Sean, I feel like your opinion on the Bears was not very high. Did Kevin sway you one way or the other, or are you still confident that this is going to be a struggle this year 
for the Bears. Listen, shout out to K. Powell, man. I mean, he tried. <laughs> he tried. He tried. He doesn't work for the he team. He tried to be an optimist. He wasn't really convincing, though. He some, tried to things. place the failure of last year on Matt Nagy and his staff. My issue is this is one of the three least talented teams in the National Football League. They just don't have the guys. Like, Robert Quinn is a team that all 31 other teams would want. After that, I mean, it gets tricky. I mean, David Montgomery, I think, is a solid running back, but I mean, he's not Jonathan Taylor. You know, he's not one of these elite guys that, that you gravitate towards the TV every time they're on. Darnell Mooney, I think, is a nice up-and-coming wide receiver, but nobody thinks he's in the top 32 wide receivers just because there's 32 teams in the NFL. So, I mean, I, don't, I mean, unless they're going to play Australian rules football when the Bears play, how, how, how does Eberflus and his staff get it done? I just don't see it. They don't have enough guys. And the fact that they weren't active in trying to upgrade this roster, you know, maybe it benefits them down the line. As Kevin Powell said, they're unloading some, some, some contracts this year. Maybe they got some guys circled that they want to make a run at at the end of this season. But as far as the 2022 season goes, I just don't know how they win seven games. I, I just don't see it. I mean, they don't have guys, Tim. Yeah. Who, who's if I t- if I take away Robert Quinn, who's Chicago's best player? I mean, it's a whole lot of. I hope he gets better. I, I think I saw flashes. I mean, it's not okay. We can count on this guy. I, I guess Darnell Mooney. I don't know. Um, who's had one thousand yard season in his career? Yep. And I think he's going to be a good reason. I think Darnell Mooney is eventually going to develop into a really good player. Second best player, probably David Montgomery. I mean, he's had over 900 yards once in three seasons. You know, his amount of games played has gone down every year. 16 in year one, 15 in year two, 13 last year. So I just – and I want Justin Fields to succeed. I really do. I think he's a talented player. I think he's in an almost impossible situation to succeed as a young quarterback. Second year in the league, learning a brand new offense, surrounded by mediocre talent at best at the skill spots with a below average offensive line. How does that formula equal something that looks edible come Thanksgiving? Yeah, you look at the wide receiver. Let's just start with the wide receivers, Sean. And, you know, just for example, a team that we talked about last week. And you and I have differing opinions, but the talent was there, right? You look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They have A.J. Brown. They have Devontae Smith. They have uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, you know, they have other pieces that have done. I look at this wide receiver core, and like you said, Darnell Mooney, 1,000 yards receiving last year. It's a great year. He's a fifth-round pick from two, you know, 2022, or 2020, excuse me. So... You bring in Byron Pringle, Pringle. I mean, is that is that moving the needle for you? You bring in Equinemius St. Brown, who, you know, the the Packers really wanted nothing to do with. I just I don't see. And like, you know, Kevin mentioned. I think Cole Komet is a big-bodied guy. He was a second-round pick. He had sixty catches last year. He's good. What scares you? Nothing. Offensively. So I want to get back to because. Felix Jones may be their best wide receiver. He was a third-round pick from Tennessee. Right. So you look at and 
And I know that that football teams are built, you know, 11 on defense, 11 on offense. So if you felt like Kyler or Kyler Gordon was a guy that you had to draft early in the second round, then double down in the second round. No, and then, then with another your, DB yeah, from Penn State, Jaquan Brisker. Yeah. So you're you, you're getting likely two starters there on defense, but you didn't help out your quarterback until Velas Jones, and maybe Velas Jones is a, is a guy that they like really and they're really high on. I mean, there was a bunch of wide receivers that went shortly thereafter uh, in the second round, but one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, and they their first offensive lineman was I think in the fourth round. Braxton Jones, a kid from Southern Utah. Fifth round. Fifth round. And he might start at left tackle. Right. I just, I don't know how this collection of players equals on-field success. I want to get to Justin Fields because you being, you know, a former NFL quarterback and a quarterback coach at, you know, a high level in college football, when you look at Justin Fields, let's evaluate last year before we get to this year. Didn't have the job. Mm Mm-hmm. Ultimately got the job against you know versus Andy Dalton. Under 60% of completions, more touchdowns and interceptions. Ran for a good chunk, you know, ran for 420 yards in his in his starts. Year one of Justin Fields, what was your biggest takeaway? Impressions, goods or bad? Well, he showed enough flashes where you know the abilities there, the talent is there. But the situation was impossible. I mean, again, you draft a quarterback in the first round for a head coach that's on the hot seat. So what does the head coach do? I'm trying to save my job. Forget developing Justin Fields. He goes out and gets, it's my time, Andy Dalton, because (laughs) Matt Nagy's trying to save his own job. And so Justin's kind of caught in the middle of this, and I don't think he handled it well emotionally, but, I mean, when, when me and you were 21 years old, we weren't emotionally mature like we are now in our 50s and 60s. Uh, Anyway, so I just thought it was an impossible situation. And I think it's a situation where, like I said, he needed mentorship. He needs to be somewhere or needed to be somewhere. you think Trevor Simeon can provide that this year? No. No. I mean, Trevor Simeon's not a threat. Trevor Simeon is the assistant QB coach. And and is that good? No. Who who would be a good mentor? Because Justin Fields is not going to listen to Trevor Simeon. Justin Fields needed to go somewhere and sit behind somebody that had credentials. Okay. So he can learn how to be a pro. But now that he's the starter, you don't think a guy like Trevor Simeon is good for him? not at all. Because he can't even push him. What happens in the meeting room in these kind of situations, and and listen, there are always outliers. There are always things that are outside the norm. So the OC, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Luke Getzey. Luke Getzey might be completely different. But the majority of the time, what happens in these situations, nobody's even really going to coach Justin Fields. All they're going to be trying to do is teach him the system. And when he screws it up, the room's going to get quiet. Trevor Simeon not going to say anything because he's just happy to be getting paid. <laughs> I mean, not a whole lot of other jobs paying two, $3 million a year to sit on the sideline. So that room inconducive to really holding a guy with that kind of talent, feet to the fire, day in and day out, to do the little things right, to be an expert at the details of his assignments. Like, I just don't see that environment existing in Chicago, so I think because of it, Justin's going to resort back to trying to depend upon his talent. I think emotionally, I'm going to be fascinated to watch how he handles failure. That's one of the things that I really 
thought he did not handle well. You can always look on the sideline and tell by his facial expression, his body language, what's going on on the field. And the great ones, that just doesn't happen. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is arguably the best quarterback in national football league, right? Josh yeah. Allen, a lot of people would say the second. Do you see those guys on the sideline after, after something goes wrong? They're going around encouraging guys and worry about it with next series. You know, they're not over there pouting, sitting by themselves with that towel on the head. You know, and I'm not blaming Justin Fields because he had nobody there to teach him. Andy Dalton was over there on the head and said, boy, I hope he throws a pick so I can get back in the game. <laughs> it was his time. Yeah, because it was his time. So I just don't think this was a good situation for Fields. Um, All right, so last year it was 6-11. and 11. This Oh, that's year, going down. And this year it's 6 – the record was 6-11. and 11. All right, I want to – I hate doing the schedule game, but I just want to read through it and we'll get it's our fine. answers on the other side. All right, you open the season – Against the San Francisco 49ers at home. You're a six-and-a-half-point underdog. Hold off on thoughts. Right. We'll do this on the other side. Six-and-a-half-point underdog week one against the 49ers. Ten-point road dog against the Packers. You'll be a favorite at home against Houston. You'll be an underdog at the Giants. You'll be an underdog at the Vikings. You'll be an underdog probably at home on Thursday night against the Commanders. Underdog at the Cowboys. Underdog at the Patriots. Not many games. Are they going to be a favorite? Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to lose all those games. But what's the pathway to seven wins for the Chicago Bears? We'll take a look at that on the other side as we continue our summer conditioning with the Bears. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Keep it rolling here on the nightcap, and uh, I kind of imagine Bear fans—they're realistic about this year, right? That, and and we saw the tweet that Ben Fox put out there last week about the amount of folks betting the under on the Chicago Bears win total of six and a half. So, playing the win-loss game is always very dangerous. Is there it is uh, for those of you uh, who are not watching with us, by the way. YouTube TV, vcin.com, a lot of different ways you can watch this. Fubo, over 95% of the bets are on the under. Nearly 18 times the money is on the under on the Chicago Bears. So let's once again take a look at the schedule and let's look glass half full approach. Week one, they're playing San Francisco. Mm Mm-hmm. San Francisco has a question mark at quarterback. 0-1. San Francisco's too good on defense. The Bears are 6.5-point home dog. Right. 10-point underdog against the Green Bay Packers. Is that game in prime time? It doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers played his child support. You know, he owns the Bears. He told them that in person last year. They never beat the Packers. And that is uh, Sunday night football in Green Bay. won't be cold, but it's uh, Sunday night football in Green Bay. Home to the Texans? 50-50 game. There'll be a that, that Texans roster is more talented than the Bears. They'll be a favorite, likely. In Small. will oh, be three. Under, under, under a field goal. Yeah. At the Giants, glass half full, they can win that game. If the Giants are healthy, they're leaps and bounds more talented as a roster than the Bears. But when Daniel Jones' other team's quarterback, I'll give them 50 50 in that game, too. Divisional game on the road at the Vikings. Thrashing. I like the Vikings. Oh, yeah. Smoke them. 
Home to your commanders. Uh, no Thursday shot. night football. No, short no week. Shot. No shot. Carson Wentz throws the three fifty four touchdowns. Uh, Monday night football at the Patriots. So this one is interesting because a lot of it depends on if Nikki Pat's uh, Patriots still have <laughs> Matt Patricia calling the offensive plays. So I, I, I'll, I'll say this is a 55-45 situation leaning towards the Patriots, but I'm buying, I'm selling my Patriots stock. I'm, I'm not purchasing Bill Belichick in the 2022 Patriots. Also, I, Tell I, me in history where a defensive coordinator – has turned and a guy that was coached was a head coach and did all of his stuff on the defensive side of the ball has come back and become the OC. Uh, I I can't like what could go wrong, right? At the Cowboys, this one could be funny because I think the Cowboys could be in a situation where the conversation is uh, when are they going to fire Mike McCarthy? Mm-hmm. Like, they could have some inner turmoil, but right now, as we sit, it's a Cowboys win. Home to the Dolphins. Same thing with the Dolphins. C- could potentially be like, you know, you know, Tua might have underthrown Tyreek Hill by six, seven times at this point, you know? And then they put Bridgewater in and, feel, and, and find out Tua has a better arm than Bridgewater. So this could go wrong, but still the Dolphins are leaps and bounds more talented than the Bears. So here's the one that I think a lot of people will think is a toss-up. I like the Lions. I think they've made improvements. Uh, we'll talk to Eric Eager, our good friend from PFF. He's all in on hashtag restore the roar. They've made some intriguing moves by week 10. I think Jamison Williams will be Jameson back. Williams Aiden Hutchinson will be back. locked up rookie of the year probably. <laughs> I mean, right now, if you ask a, 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 a person, would you rather be a Bears fan or a Lions fan? I think the majority Lions. of people might go Lions right yeah. now. just seems like that organization's on the uptick, and it seems like Chicago isn't. Let me just circle. I wish I had the telestrator ability here to circle. So week 10, 11, and 12, you could argue are all toss-up games. Lions at home. Well, they'll beat the Falcons. At the Falcons. The Falcons the are Jets. probably 50-50 with Georgia State right now. I don't even know if they're the best team in the city of Atlanta. <laughs> Like they're they're gonna be terrible, but again they gotta go to the Falcons. They're on the road. Tech, but they're awful. I mean that'll more than likely be Desmond Ritter. I mean Marcus Mariota probably be on the IL. I mean the IR by then. So uh, once again though, you look at this schedule. The Bears don't have a bye until Week 14. They play 13 consecutive games. That is a rough go there for this team too. Be a long season in Chicago. Long season, a lot of second guessing, a lot of questioning each other. You know, the only thing that gives them hope is everybody's new. First-time GM, first-time head coach. So they're going to get a pass for the 2022 season. It's just going to be like, okay, they're trying to figure it out. They don't really have the horses. So it's not like gonna, it's, it's not going to be the, the Cowboys situation if the season ain't going well. It's not going to be fire Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott's overpaid. This will be nobody cares, sort of like the Jets last year with Robert Salah. It'll be that kind of situation. They're terrible, but. You know, the issue will be if Justin Fields doesn't play well and the Bears are in that race to be the, have the first or second pick. Yeah. I mean, they might replace, you know, Fields with the Ohio State quarterback in <laughs> Mark Stroud. Imagine that. Right. So, but other than that, I don't see any, any national media leading Would you, all right, their so, programming with the Bears are one in five. No. Fire Matt Eberflus. You know, that's not going to happen. So No, they'll fly under the radar, I think it's fair to say. Way under the radar. So 13 straight weeks, 
You wrap up your 13 straight marathon with a home game to the Packers. Good luck. Uh, then it's a bye. Mm-hmm. Then it's Eagles, Bills, Lions on the road, hashtag restore the roar, and maybe the Vikings vying for a playoff spot, vying for the division in week 18 at home. Could be cold. Mm-hmm. Does it matter? I. All right. So reversing back, toss up Texans, toss up Giants, Giants, yep. toss up Patriots. Yeah, Patriots are toss up. Okay. Matt Patricia's calling offensive plays. I'm not going to believe this can work until week 18. Toss up Falcons. They'll win the Falcons game. I do give them the Falcons. What win. about what about toss up Lions at home? No, nah, they can't beat the Lions. Come on, no. Nah. Lions will be better. I think they're better, but it's, yeah. a, it's a home game. You got Jared Goff, veteran quarterback, coming in there. If DeAndre Swift you, is healthy. You right now yeah. need to go make this bet because I think sp- through six teams, now you didn't talk about the Vikings yesterday. You were, you were out. But through the NFC North, or sorry, NFC East, and now the Bears, you're incredibly high on the Commanders. And it almost feels like you're equally down on the Bears. Oh, absolutely. If Kevin O'Connell, by the way, if he can coach at all, like if he has any sort of – motivational qualities, and ability to lead men, the Vikings got a chance to be really, really good if they can stay healthy on defense. We talked about the Vikings yesterday. Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings. He's the voice of the Vikings, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But, man, ultra confident. they got to stay healthy on defense. They have no depth. And their offensive line is better. Kirk Cousins has weapons to work with. And remember, Kevin O'Connell was his quarterback coach for a year. Wes Phillips was the tight ends coach in Washington all of Kirk's years. There's a lot of familiarity there, so I, I'm high yeah, on the Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't win anything in Washington either. So. Made it to the playoffs. Yeah. The, the question will be – Made it to the playoffs with one of the worst defenses in the history right. of the NFL. The question will be, can Kevin O'Connell motivate men? Can he come up with a vision that those guys will believe in and keep them focused and prioritizing the right things week in and week out? All right, let's wrap up the Bears with this. There is a garbage a, bag? There is a prop out there. No, man. do you have a garbage bag? If we're going to wrap up the Bears, they don't deserve, like, wrapping well, paper. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, you got you to listen here. They are 12-1 to 1 to have the fewest wins this season. Yeah, I can't say that, though. In the NFL. I can't, I can't say that. Texans are the favorite, plus 275. Yeah, I just don't know what Jacksonville is. I mean, I'm hoping Doug Peterson's better. I'm hoping Trevor Lawrence can play. It's just some things that I don't know. Is Travis is Travis Etienne? Uh, 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 I mean, he's not a better back than David Montgomery. I mean, is he fully back from the injury? Is like, Trevor Lawrence a better quarterback than Justin Fields? He's he's more talented. He's bigger. Neither one of them have done anything of significance yet. They spent a lot of money. I would take season. Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields, but then who do they give that money to? All right. So I mean, so I'm I'm and so I'm not backing Chicago. I'm saying there's some other questions out there. Seattle is Seattle capable of winning the game in that division? I mean, this is Drew Locke we're talking about. In the cold, with a bad offensive line in front of him. Seahawks and an are Asian plus defense. 750 to have the fewest wins. Right, so I'm just saying there's some other teams out there. The Falcons. I think the Falcons. Can the Falcons I actually think, win a game? I think the Falcons are the worst team in the NFL. That would be my, right now, my right? two cents. So, I mean, I'm not going to jump on the Bears. I'm not going to go crazy. But under but six the and Bear, a half. Yeah, under six and a half. That's like, guarantee. <laughs> <sighs> If if the if the Bears win seven games, I'll come in a full Mike Dicker outfit. Ooh, all right. I'll put the mustache Noted. on and everything. The old school 
Chicago uh, vest, vest, all of that, yeah. And right. I had a cigar in my mouth. All right, we have, we have that noted. If the Bears win seven games. Seven or more. Sean King will come, come dressed in. like Mike Dicker. I like it. Yep. You just made a bet against yourself. Because I'm not going to bet you on this. I, I agree. I, I agree with you on the Bears. Uh, I do think under six and a half. But it's one of those bets. Everybody's firing on it. Could they find a way? I don't see it happening, but hey, crazier things have happened. Apparently, Chet Holmgren was handed Rookie of the Year last night, and then he played another game today. We'll talk about that on the other side of tonight. This is the Nightcap on V. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare send the sports betting network The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets. That includes Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage. Did you know that uh, the first game for Baker Mayfield is against your commanders in the preseason? Premium articles on golf, UFC. NASCAR, so if you want that full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now, vsin.com slash summer. It is the nightcap here on VSIN, that gentleman right there, the pride of St. Pete, Florida, Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Um, you just raced down. I haven't seen hustle like that since your Tampa Bay Buccaneers days. Hey, I had to go. You well, know. tell us, tell the people what made you hustle during the break to go bet. I, I would like to know. Well, I was looking at tomorrow's baseball plays, and I just think the uh, the Braves have a tremendous advantage in the pitching department tomorrow. So I looked at. The run line, and it was minus 102. So I ran down and, and got what I think is going to be great CLV. All right. I think tomorrow when this game tips, it's a 420. Tips. That's right. <laughs> Tip it off with a pitch. I, I think that, that number will be much higher. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, so well, I just jumped on it. Well done. 
So uh, Sean is on Braves' run line yeah. here at Circa, minus 102. Cardinals are starting some guy named Matthew Liberator. You got Strider going for the Braves. Yeah, Strider's been a K machine, man. You know, yesterday um, Scott and I talked about the NL East, and uh, I made my pitch why there's really you know great value in the Nationals to win. No, I, I wouldn't do that. You know, I'm not crazy. Like, can I say something some about uh, the Reds? Kyle Tucker? He may be the worst defensive outfielder in the history of Major League Baseball. Okay. You know, seriously, he's he's dropped three fly balls in the last two games. Clearly, you had bets on him. Well, that's the only reason I was watching. Exactly. I mean, the Angels' outfield is terrible, too, and that includes Mike Trout. They're not playing very good on defense. But Kyle Tucker, they got – Dusty got to do something. Either Kyle Tucker needs Lasix or contacts. So he got to get somebody else out there because, man, he's terrible on defense. I, terrible. I, I love your analysis. It's <laughs> – <laughs> It's so matter of it's fact. It's just so based off it's of It's so what matter you of bet. fact. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you would think a guy playing Major League Baseball can catch a fly ball if he's in the outfield. So, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. So, right now, the Mets have a two-and-a-half game lead. Yeah. Over the Braves. Yeah. Their stretch before the All-Star break is a four-game series at home after they took two of three, of course, from the Reds. Uh, Four-game series against the Marlins. Sandy Alcantara will pitch in that series. Max Scherzer will not. Then it's three at the Braves, three at the Cubs. The Braves, on the other hand, they wrap up against the Cardinals tomorrow. You're a big believer in them tomorrow against the Cardinals. Then it's three against the Nats. Those three aforementioned against the Mets. Four against the Nats. Seven games before the stretch for the All-Star break against the lonely and woeful Washington Nationals, who won today, by the way. Good job, Josiah Gray. Beat the Phillies. Scott was of the mindset this is yesterday was a good time to buy in on the Mets because you had the Jacob deGrom return, uh, um, rehab Max start. Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Well, yeah, and then DeGrom, DeGrom, was, DeGrom was throwing 100-plus, right. I, in turn, said, well, if you believe in the Mets, I would actually wait. I think you're going to get a better price at the All-Star break because the Braves very well. Now, look, it all a lot of this hinges on the three-game series in Atlanta. The Braves have seven games against the Nats. The Nats are what, like 7-26 and 26 against the NL East? They're terrible. They've got issues with their rotation. If you like the Mets and you're a believer in the New York Metropolitans, wait to bet them, if you haven't already, until after the All-Star break. I think there's a very good chance the Braves head into the All-Star break tied or in first place in the NL East. Well, here's what I would say. And then for the Mets, before you jump in, mm-hmm. for the Mets, you look at their second half of their schedule, they have nine games against the Nationals. Uh, they do have a couple games against the Yankees, which is not ideal, but they play the Reds a couple more times. They play Pittsburgh four times. They play the A's three times. They wrap up the season at home against Washington. So if you believe the Mets, if you're Jeff Parles out there, wait. And I think the opportunity to strike might be after the All-Star break and maybe even a couple days after the All-Star break because they open up against San Diego and then they have that two-game series against the Yankees. Well, can we put the uh, odds to win the National League up? If we have those, please. 
So listen, there are three teams that can actually win the National League that are at the top. Dodgers, Mets, Braves. Not a lot of value in any of those teams. To me, all the value lies with the Padres. The Padres are the team that I would tell someone right now to go out and bet them to win the National League. And here's why. Musgrove and Darvish, they have two top end of the rotation starting pitchers. They have a a closer in Rodgers who's been outstanding, strikes guys out, doesn't walk guys. They are already sitting at 47 and 36. And they're going to get Fernando Tatis back. So they're the only one of these teams that has that big of a piece that's a everyday player that's still coming back. DeGrom is coming back. Cool. Still got to prove once he gets back that he's not Kershaw. So always going to kind of be in and, all, in, and on and on, in and out of the injury list. But the Padres are sitting right there. Darvish has had a bounce back year. Musgrove's an unquestioned ace. They have a closer, and they're going to get Fernando Tatis back, who a lot of people thought last year was in the lead majority of the season for Major League Baseball MVP. And I think people are kind of overlooking that fact because they've been struggling late. I think they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. So they're in one of those stretches where uh, Machado had gotten injured. You know, they lost a couple close games. But to me, it's the Padres. That's the team, if you say, who's closest to the Braves last year? Remember this point? Last year, the Braves were looking like a team that couldn't win it. I think it's the Padres. Because you just have to, you're buying them at this price before Tatis gets back. If we just wrapped up talking about the Bears, and I love this tweet we got from Ian, loyal listener. How did I come off of a rant about the Padres and you go to talking about the Bears? It's a great, there's a great. Well, well answer what? my Padres opinion and then I, go to the Bears. I don't really have an opinion. Okay. If you're out there, go get Padres. Buy it now. Okay. It's like crypto, Bitcoin when it was 100. Get it now. I mean, you also tell people to buy the Reds, too. Um <laughs> You could always tweet us at one Tim Murray at Real Sean King. So Sean just uh, said, if the Bears win seven games, which would be their over, he will come in and wear a Mike Ditka outfit, right? Old school mustache. He'll go sweater vest. It's not a cigar bet because I, I, I agree with you. Ian McDonald said, I got under seven and a half on the Bears a couple weeks ago and made a much more ridiculous wager than the Ditka outfit. They could play 25 games and not get to seven or eight. Not a lot of confidence out there in uh, in Chicagoland, but apparently they might put a, a roof on uh, Soldier Field. That'll uh, get it all done. All right, real quickly before we, uh, we, before we hit a break here, Sean. Okay. Last night, we're sitting here. We've got... Summer League basketball on. The Summer League's coming to town tomorrow. Nice little Jabari versus Palo matchup. Is here. that tomorrow? Yeah, Rockets and Magic tomorrow night. Uh, 7 o'clock, we'll be watching it here in studio. Shucks. Um, Palo goes nuts against Taco Fall. Chet, you mean. Oh, sorry, Chet. My bad. <laughs> and Chet goes from four, plus 475 down to plus 400 based off of one... Summer League game where, once again, Paolo, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, you know, top five picks. You know what they're supposed to do in Summer League? Be the best player on the floor. Now, look, Chet played really good. He had four threes. He had six blocks. I'm not denying him. But then we get, you know, images of him today against Kenny Lofton Jr., big body dude. Really wish he had gone to Houston instead of, you know, 
leaving after his uh, year at Louisiana Tech, but he's buddying him up. Yeah, I'm buying the summer league. I like the summer league. It comes at a great time. I don't get caught up in the outcomes, good or bad. I've seen guys dominate summer league and can't make a roster. I've seen guys look like they shouldn't be in the NBA in summer league and come back and be key contributors to a team in the playoffs. So I just like summer league because it gives me something to watch. Oh, I, I like it too. But Go the, check. But the overreaction. He looked like Larry Bird Jr. in that particular game. He did. He looked. He had that step back of uh, someone did a side-by-side of him and Dirk doing this step back. Okie doke. Hey, he's tall and he can shoot. NBA always got a place for those guys. Baker Mayfield headed to North Carolina. He's a Carolina Panther. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus will join us next to talk about it here on VC. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.